Welcome to the Forensic Nutritionist Podcast. My name is Fiona Tuck. I'm a nutritional medicine practitioner and a qualified skin therapist for over 25 years. The Forensic Nutritionist Podcast takes an investigative approach into all things nutrition, gut health and skin, using qualified experts to bring you information that you can trust. We are all unique. The information presented herein is not intended to diagnose, to treat or cure disease. Please seek professional medical guidance prior to modifying any diet, exercise or lifestyle program. Let us begin. On the podcast today, we have Dr. Sarah Graffenauer. Sarah is an advanced accredited dietitian and author with experience in consulting and brand management for the health and food industry. Her PhD research focused on dietary patterns and dietary changes in weight loss. She's a fellow of the University of Wollongong, providing lectures and student supervision. Sarah also has a private practice and is still seeing clients. Sarah is the General Manager of the Grains, Legumes and Nutrition Council and today we are talking about grains and a lot of information out there that may or may not be true and we're going to do some myth busting on what we should be eating. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. Thanks Fiona, it's lovely to, to be in here and having a, a chat about this really important area of nutrition. Absolutely, well, you have a wealth of experience and qualifications and you've got one of those brains that I just want to get into because <laughs> you've got, got so much information in there. Um, I know as a nation, you know, we talk about eating more plant-based foods and I'm hoping that people are now beginning to realise they need to increase plant foods although I think the stats are saying that we're not actually still eating enough fruits and, and veggies. What about when it comes to things such as whole grains, all grains, all legumes? Um, where, where are we at as a nation when it comes to eating, eating these foods? Well, I think the thing that stands out when we look at what Australians are eating is that we're still consuming enough, uh, too many discretionary foods, so mm. non-core foods. And within that are, you know, a lot of discretionary grain foods. So we do need to be focusing more on good quality foods, fruit and vegetables, but also good quality carbohydrate foods. So looking for whole grains and whole grain messaging on pack and, you know, making sure those legumes are in the trolley. So they're in your pantry and you can pop them into meals and dishes when you're at home. Mm. So a total refocus is really what's needed, particularly when it's something like 35% of energy coming from discretionary foods. And when you say discretionary foods, what exactly do you mean by that? So it's, it's chips, biscuits, yeah. cakes, soft drinks, um, you know, alcohol, and we know that alcohol's mm. really picking up, particularly in that middle age group for females. Yes. There's, you know, a lot of ladies that are, you know, having a drink, early in the evening as Every they night. chop those veggies, yeah. yeah. So it's it's tricky because there's a lot of energy coming from those mm. discretionary foods and it, it does mean it's harder to control your weight. Definitely, and I, I sort of, um, when I talk to people and I focus a lot obviously in skincare and that is one of the things that, you know, a lot of clients in their, their that mid-age group 
are having alcohol, particularly wine, every night. Yeah. Um, and exactly that, they're having that, that spread around the middle. Um, they're not wanting to give it up because they're stressed. So they know that it may not be the right thing for them. Um, and I think there are a lot of people struggling out there. And there's a lot of mixed messages out there at the moment as well about what actually healthy eating is. And I do think sometimes we overcomplicate it. Yeah, and look, a lot of people don't realise, particularly women, that it's probably the lowest ebb in terms of the amount of energy that you can take in, in over, across your lifespan. So that 40s into 50s, um, we've really got to be a lot more careful around um, what, we're, what we're consuming um, across the whole yeah. diet. Yeah. And it would really be helpful if people stopped that diet mentality and just moved towards eating more fruit and vegetables, getting in the whole grains, including those legumes, nice lean cuts of meat, sufficient amounts of dairy. It's just that mix. Yeah. Um, you know, but we have a target in place for whole grains, which is a 48 gram target. Um, and, and it's a great way per of day. getting, yep. yeah, it's a great way of making sure you're getting your fiber. And it's not as though we're sort of saying to people, you have to calculate it, but sort of getting those sort of three serves of grain foods across your day um, will make sure that you're getting that, that, that 48 gram target and what would just for anyone listening that sometimes I'm not mathematical so if somebody said how many grams I need what would 48 grams, grams look, look like? like yeah well it's sort of uh, that you know that little bowl of maybe porridge oats yep. at breakfast or a whole grain breakfast cereal um, uh, there's some very good bread out there that will actually um, meet nearly all of your target if you choose carefully. Right. So some breads provide up to 98% of that target. So a simple sandwich would get you over the line. Right. And then maybe, you know, a small amount of brown rice or you could use quinoa if you were gluten-free. Right. Um, you know... So it's, it's not hard, hard no, to do. No, no. Um, I mean, I must admit that I'm in that age group now when um, what you're saying about, you know, what we're putting into our bodies and that age where you have to be careful that in a way calorie wise what you're, you're putting in. Um, and I think there was this big movement a while ago on cutting back on, on the carbs. And I think a lot of women in particular were like sort of, oh, let's, let's cut back on the, the whole grains, etc. Um, and I probably did cut back on, on that a little bit myself as well. But I can honestly say one of the biggest changes um, for me in the last year or two is really upping the whole grains and what a huge difference I noticed in energy levels. Yeah, well, there's an amazing array of vitamins and minerals and plant sterols in whole grains. And so, you know, just B vitamin alone, if we just think about that, that's actually one of the, the key vitamins in terms of, um, you know, getting your body to utilize energy. It works in with that whole system. Um, and so while we do need to be portion yes. wise yes. And, and watch how much we're eating, um, I think it's important to have them back in there. I think sometimes the way we're eating, maybe from a bowl, using a bowl for say, um, like a, a pasta mm. dish, it's sort of a bit mysterious to people how much actually goes into that bowl. And if you were to tip that bowl back onto a plate, 
it's quite a large serve and probably far more pasta say than what we were eating when we were growing up because I mean back in the day for me um, spaghetti bolognese was served on a plate but now we're more likely to eat it from a bowl mm. and I think it's leading to larger mm. portions. I, I totally agree with you yeah. actually I think plate size is, is everything and sometimes what I'll do is mix extra veggies through pasta and rice and things like that because it is it's the portion. I think also a lot of people don't realise the health benefits yeah. of the whole grains and as I said I really noticed sort of my energy wasn't dropping you know at that three o'clock mark if I was having whole grains um, earlier in the day so you said about the the vitamins and minerals particularly the B vitamins what about things like um, magnesium and yeah zinc um, iron actually if you even looking at the National Nutrition Survey seven of the top nutrients actually come from grain foods and so yeah. You know the wealth of that is really coming from whole grains but importantly what we're seeing from research is that disease drops when you're consuming whole grains so for each 16 grams you're getting reductions in diseases like diabetes and cardiovascular disease and cancer particularly bowel cancer and overall mortality so we know that people who are consuming carefully um, quality whole grains are actually doing better in terms of disease. And with the reduction in disease, we've got the nutrients in there, and I'm presuming with things like the bowel cancer, that would be the fiber as well? Yeah, but I mean, whole grains, because you're, you're it's more than just fiber that you're yes. getting there. Um, it's that complete package. And I really like to talk about whole grains as a nutrient bundle because it's more than just the fiber, it's actually all these other yeah. nutrients as well. Even the, the fats that are in the germ, part of the, the grain, because you've got those three parts of the grain. Yes. So normally white flour and white flour products are coming from the endosperm, the white starchy part of the grain. Then you've got the germ, which contains the fats and the, the, the essential fats that are in there. And then you've got the bran, which is the fiber component. So we can produce foods and we can eat high fiber foods that have got that bran in it, but it's a little bit special when the bran, the whole grain has actually been um, broken down and put into a, a food um, because you're getting all of those components in there. And I guess that's the difference between grains and whole grains. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think a lot of people look at grains and whole grains just there's been a lot of, in a way, people saying that they're not going to eat grains, and we'll talk about that a bit bit later. Yeah. Um, and then there's grains and there's whole grains. Okay. Yeah. So within whole grains, you've got obviously intact grains, yeah. so the grains that are still formed, and you need to to cook those for a while. So things like, um, say, frica. That, yeah. I mean, I love frica. frica. <laughs> but so few people would be eating frica across the Australian population, yeah. right? I mean, there's, you know, cracked wheat, burger all those sort of things are still, even though they've been chopped up, they're fairly still in much intact. You know, oats are an intact grain. But again, um, you know, por eating porridge tends to be a little bit seasonal. And so we might not be consuming oats across the whole mm. year as well. There's some great muesli products out there that you can find if you're very savvy around label reading. Um, so that's another way of, of getting um, whole grains in, you know, in your diet. But then you've got foods that are processed where the food manufacturer has broken down the grain 
Um, and within the food standard, there is a promise to put that back together in the proportion as it was in the original grain. And does that have the same effect? Well, look, I think yeah. we're still investigating yeah. that. Um, at, a, at, a, at the very pointy end, but we've got very good long-term observational studies that suggest that it is working because the general average person out there is eating mm. breakfast cereal and they are eating bread. And the results that we have come from those studies where the grain has been broken down. So whether, uh, you know, whether we get to a point in the research where we find differently, um, I think that's still to be, you know, discovered. Yep. But certainly, eating a mixture of your intact grains, like the like brown rice, is a, another great example, and having bread in your diet from a really good whole grain product, using breakfast cereals, they're convenient. I mean, for most people, it's a rush to get out yep. of the house in the morning. You need to be able to pack your children's lunches. We're about to run our Bring Back the Sandwich campaign. Yes, and so, you know, I love that. Yeah, so a sandwich is ideal for parents needing to pop something convenient and easy into that lunchbox. And we've got to take the stress out of that. And it's easy to pack a sandwich. Steering them onto whole meal, whole grain, mm. early on in life, I think is really key. You know, if parents can do that more earlier in mm. life, that's the only option, um, then I think we'll have a population of, of kids growing up that are more accepting of, of whole meal and whole grain products. Mm, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I, a couple of years ago, I was like, what happened to the sandwich? Yeah, <laughs> that's like, it. It is, like, bring, bring, bring it back. back. <laughs> um, something you mentioned earlier about being label savvy, I think with label reading it can be really confusing um, and misleading as well with some very clever marketing. How would somebody know very simply by looking at a label whether it's a good breakfast cereal or a good muesli bar for instance? So it, the whole grain area is really interesting yeah. because for Zans, the Food Authority yep. don't actually regulate whole grain. Our little nutrition council, the Grains and Legumes Nutrition Council, actually does that job on behalf of Fazans. And so we have a, a framework for claims that food industry can use. It's a voluntary code of practice. Yeah. So while we audit and look at what's happening in the food supply by looking at various categories of food and and um, you know, trying to, to keep on top of what food manufacturers are doing, because it's not um, you know, legislated, yeah. we can't really control, but we tap industry on the shoulder and say, hey, you need to be doing it like this. This is how you promote whole grain. So for the average consumer yeah. out there, the easiest thing is looking for that big splash whole grain on pack. Often on the back, then you need to look at the ingredients. Yeah and they'll tell you the percentage of whole grain in pack. So it's written as a percentage and you simply multiply that by the weight that's in the serve that the manufacturer has in their label. So you're looking for big numbers. You're obviously looking, if you're looking for around about 50% whole grain, then you're probably not gonna to go too far wrong. But right. like I said, there are some bread products out there that contain 98% um, whole grain so 
you know, they're really right up there. And I'm sure now you've mentioned that there's going to be people saying, which bread is it? <laughs> is, is there? Yeah, we've yeah. got a listing. So right. if you go to the Grains and Legumes Nutrition Council website, you can click on our searchable database. Yeah. And you can search by any category of food, so by, by um, bread or breakfast cereal. You could search by manufacturer, so if it's a particular brand of bread that your family likes, you could search by that. Or you could simply search by the level of claim. So there's three levels of claim, contains whole grain, um, high in whole grain, and very high in whole grain. And so there's a range of foods that we support through the, the searchable database and it's a great way of preparing your shopping list. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think it's getting back to the basics and not getting caught up with fancy marketing claims or misleading information online and it's about knowing. People just need to know what to look for because even sometimes, you know, we can... I won't go there today about the health star rating, but you know it, it can be confusing for people to know what to actually choose. So it's great that you've got that resource. And look, we are just a phone call away yeah. or contact us at glnc.org.au and we're happy to answer consumer questions and we often do. Great. So um, we're right there if you need to, to ask what, um, which product is which. And look, there's a lot of um, people in the nutrition space that know about us and know about the searchable database, so they can help you as well find that that information. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so you said, how much did you say we should be looking at daily for whole So grain? 48 grams. So 48 it's around grams. about yep. three serves. Yep. We actually have a really great tool on our website that shows you what um, those three 16 gram sort of serves look like but you could get it from popcorn you could yep. get it from brown rice you could get it from porridge um, breakfast cereal there's a whole range there's some great wraps on the market so if you prefer flatbread even like crackers there's some great whole there's grain crackers, great crackers out, out there, there. delicious yeah and um, do we know the stats of what people are at at the moment? Yeah. yeah, so from the National Nutrition Survey, we had um, that reanalyzed to look for whole grain and people in 2011-12, when that yep. data was taken, were consuming around about 21 grams. So about halfway there, our own data, our own consumption study for GL from GLNC, the data was collected in 2017 and we're at about 26 grams. But across mm. the, and across the world, that's probably around about you know what the UK are consuming and what the US are doing, but the Danish are doing far better. Really? Yeah, because they get right stuck right into those really heavier rye like the breads. Rye bread, the yep. beautiful dense. So breads. so their traditional diet is a little bit easier to achieve, whereas here and I guess in Asia we tend to be a little bit more white bread, white rice. We need to just swap. Mm. every now and then so that's the way glnc sort of approaches this it's about swapping mm. so swap your um, white refined cereal for something that clearly says whole grain or whole grain high fiber it's really important that people are still including those high fiber foods in their mm. diet so you can look for high fiber as well and then for bread looking for wholemeal because wholemeal is whole grain yeah that's a good thing to no, understand, yeah. yeah. Um, and why would it? Why is it called wholemeal? I guess it's just a, a thing up? that, yeah, yeah, because it is ground up. The whole meal is in there, and it's a word that I guess 
pre-existed as talking about whole grain. Although the word whole grain has actually been in dietary guidelines since the 70s, since we started writing dietary guidelines, whole grain, the word has been in there. Yeah. We've just got to p get people to eat mostly whole grain. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes yeah. total, total sense. sense. And yeah. I personally love those dense breads. breads and, yeah. I love them because I find them more filling. So yeah. um, better texture. I, I just don't like the bread when you eat it that you feel like you've not eaten anything because I call it cotton wool bread. Yeah. Because um, it's pretty much what it is almost. Yeah. So um, just for people that maybe are a bit confused with, with whole grains and what exactly they are, can you give us some examples of what a whole grain is and also I know you mentioned oats and brown rice yeah because there are some foods out there that come under a whole grain but aren't technically a whole grain yeah that's like right wheat or something yeah. like that can yeah. you talk about pseudo so, grains yeah so we've got the traditional grains and sort of wheat barley oats rye corn brown rice I mean, there's some others, but we don't tend to eat them like millet and triticale. They might be included in the food supply, but we're not choosing those to put mm. on our plate. Um, and yeah, there's these pseudo grains. So buckwheat, amaranth and quinoa. I think quinoa... And teff, would yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so we're probably consuming more quinoa and buckwheat than we are the other two. But I think you know, gradually these foods, are, these sort of ancient grains are being included more and more in the food supply. And you might see those um, in some of your variety of mixes. And they have the same health benefit, they're just not, it's just a technical... Yeah, thing. they're more yeah. a seed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we consider them um, part of our, our business. Yes. And so, yeah, we still promote those grains. And when they're in products, you can still label those as whole grains. Right, okay, all right. Yeah, but they are gluten-free. Yes. Yeah. So for people that are gluten-free, um, what are some good grain options, just the ones we mentioned? Yeah, so brown rice. Wheat. Well, you could do rice and brown rice. Um, and I, I think, you know, where grains might be trickier for people that are gluten-free, that's where you can definitely flip and go to legumes. Yes. And I mean, there's different health benefits, different research going on there, but that's a great way of getting fibre in your diet. Because when we've looked at um, gluten-free options, for example, within bread, they do tend to be a little lower in fibre. And I mean, the difference now to 20 years ago when I started in practice um, is that there are a great range of gluten-free bread products and, and breakfast cereal and crackers and things like that out there now. So the food supplier's really stepped up mm. to the gluten-free challenge and there's some great products I, out there. I think there. it's knowing what is a good gluten-free and what isn't, because there are some very highly processed, highly refined, low-fiber gluten-free, as you said, yeah. which really aren't going to be that beneficial for your health and affect blood sugar and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some good butt wheat options and things like that as well. Yeah, I feel like um, a lot of the time, um, where the industry is maybe relied on potato flour and um, corn, yes. cornstarch, um, rather than wheat and cornstarch. So people who need to be gluten-free need to make sure they read for packaging around corn flour that it is the gluten-free from corn. Um, and so, you know, that that's definitely something to look for. But more and more gluten-free grains and seeds mm. are being included in gluten-free bread. 
Um, and I think that's that's something that's a, a positive in terms of the food supply for people that need to be gluten free. Absolutely, mm. and. I guess the other, we, we've already done a podcast on, on gluten actually, because I think, again, that's another whole area where there's a lot of confusion about as well. With things such as whole grains and legumes, in the media and online, there was this whole movement with paleo. Yeah. Um, removing grains, removing legumes. Um, I know there's a doctor out there that, that's sort of promoting removing legumes because of lectins um, and even in I guess I'm more in the skincare industry and even in this industry there seems to be this thing that you know you mustn't have gluten and you I've heard people say not something I promote you mustn't have gluten and you mustn't have legumes and, and grains because it's bad for your skin which you know there's just stuff that's going around yeah. on the internet where do you think it all stems from and, and why all that sort of info is out there well, I think as nutrition professionals, the way I look at my role when I'm providing advice to people is to make their food options as large as possible, so the widest possible scope and variety of foods within whatever diet prescription they need. So, I mean, you know, I think as health professionals, we've got to all be careful to work within a very clear evidence yes. framework. And being evidence-based is, is actually easy to do yep. because there's so much evidence out there and you, you need to keep on, on top of that. Um, but it makes it very clear as to your advice to consumers. I find that people do cut out food groups um, and they're often not enjoying their diet. By the mm. time they come and see me, they're miserable with what they've been needing to consume because they have cut out so many foods and they've restricted and narrowed their choices down so much they're miserable mm. and so I think we need to really take a step back mm. and not apply blanket advice to everyone we need to very be very patient-centered and provide very individualized advice and we don't all need the same thing um, but there's a myriad of foods and ways to put together diet patterns for people um, so they can enjoy food again because food is meant to be social and it's meant to be enjoyable and by cutting out food groups we're making people you know less social antisocial in fact yeah, um, absolutely. and, and I, when it comes yeah. to lectins I guess just yeah. to clarify there to hone in on that one point is the research there um, that, that people are, are, are pinning down yes. is actually not usually conducted on humans yes. and if it is conducted it's conducted with injections of lectins. And in fact, mm. on the flip side, the evidence around lectins in the diet when it's actually consumed um, actually enhances digestion and improves immune function, which is going to help with skin care, you know. And so as long as we're cooking grains, whole grains and legumes adequately, and I mean, that's the, really the only way to enjoy them properly is when they're cooked adequately because otherwise they're too hard and probably yeah. do cause digestive yeah. upset. <laughs> I did not once, you know, once I, I made some lentils um, and uh, yeah, I didn't cook them properly and yeah, my husband and I did suffer the next, next day. day. <laughs> See, grains and legumes actually go hand in hand with good gut health. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think if your gut is functioning really well and you're providing all that fiber, you've got the microbiome doing what it's meant to be doing, 
actually that radiates through your skin and how you absolutely how you look. yeah I mean I'm all about what we eat and skin and I always say there's no one-size-fits-all approach yeah. so everyone is unique and individual and what works for one may not work for another but I think you know there's so much information out there at the moment about good gut health and you know gut and skin connection etc that I think people forget that whole grains and legumes are, are really great foods for yeah. the gut. Yeah, yeah, and they make you feel full and content. And I think with taking food groups out, people are, are, are stressed about what they can eat. And they're, because they're not including those sort of bulky foods that actually give you that satisfying feeling, um, they, they go, they send themselves quite crazy searching out other options mm. i totally agree with you and i guess as well when when well when we're talking about the benefits of whole grains and legumes and something we mentioned earlier um before the recording is we try to overcomplicate things mm, i think we do. and a lot of information out there is scaremongering and quite often it's to push a new book or a new whatever or a new health program that some a new drink yeah yeah is is promoting and i always say to people look you know look at the human evidence look at say the mediterranean diet look at the countries that have been eating those foods for hundreds of years probably and let's see what their health record is you know and these people that i think with the blue zones um mediterranean diet the legumes are key aren't they and yeah. the whole grains these are all foods that they eat yeah. and have the longest life expectancy yeah. and that correlates with what you were saying earlier you know including these foods are going to actually help to reduce risk of disease and um they have the longest life expectancy, but they also have the least disease. Yeah. So, I mean, there's the five country studies and yes. Australia was part of that. And what they were looking for was that secret ingredient. And what they found was that it's every 20 grams of almond, of, of, of legumes rather, that, um, that is included in the diet. So Australians currently consume something like four grams a day, but with every 20 grams that we can include over the week, that's the thing that's actually was found to be driving longer life expectancy. So the beans, the legumes. Yeah, legumes. So talked about whole grains, let's talk about legumes then. So when we're looking at legumes, we're talking about things such as chickpeas, lentils, peas. Kidney beans, yep, cannellini beans. And so green peas, so freezer green peas. peas. Yeah. Peas are my go-to. Yeah. So even the dog gets peas just to, to yeah. bump up his leg. Even the take. sort of very fashionable edamame beans. Yes. Yeah. And you can get those in packets in the freezer and create those gorgeous bowls that you see in the cafes. Yeah. And why do you think we're not eating enough legumes? I think people maybe just um, forget to include them. We're still very meat-driven in yeah. the way that we plan meals. So you, you think to yourself, oh, We've got chicken and you plan the meal around that. What I'd like to, to people to start doing and, and thinking about is I've got, I've got these vegetables and, and legumes are part of mm. that. Um, what meal can I make from that? Rather than meat driving the meal, let the vegetables plan the meal. Um, so you might have um, you know, a gorgeous cauliflower 
or you know through through winter you might have some beautiful sprouts that are in season um, we're just coming through bean season so beans on grown you know um, above the ground yes. rather than legumes below the ground um, yeah so you might might have some beautiful beans and how they can um, drive the, the sort of dish that you're going to prepare or broccolini broccoli um, you know always popular with kids um, that sort of tree experience mm. Um, yeah, so just thinking a little bit more about having the fresh produce drive the meal, what's in season in terms of fresh produce, rather than meat driving the meal. Because we could all afford to cut back a little tiny bit on the amount of meat we're consuming. Yes, we need those iron-rich meals in there, particularly for girls and, and women um, and, and developing children that are developing because um, iron is so key for brain development. Mm. But you know, we could all afford to cut back slightly. It's likely to be more sustainable and that flexitarian idea is really hot and happening. And so get on that bandwagon and start thinking about how you can have vegetables um, drive what you're eating for dinner tonight. Yeah, or even do a couple of vegetarian nights, yeah, meals. Yeah, a couple of vegetarian meals. And I, I, something I made the other night and my husband was like, oh, I don't, oh, that doesn't sound very exciting. We, we did cauliflower steaks. Oh, yeah. And then did beautiful lentil sauce over, over it, it. Um, with loads of roast veggies. And even he was surprised at the end of it. And he's a pretty healthy eater. But, you know, the fact he wasn't getting his meat, um, he was a bit worried about. But he, he loved it. Yeah. So. Well, even, um, you know, Sunday night we do that shachuka type thing yes. with the beans, legumes in the tomato sauce with capsicum and onion. And then you crack your egg in there. And it's a really nice sort of ritual with a really good sprinkle of parsley fresh from the garden over the top it's a really um nice way to sort of finish off the week and and get back into your to the week you know it's it's almost a ritual for us to do that sort of thing and i have a chocolate cake recipe that's actually pumpkin and black beans and um it's delicious yeah nobody knows there's there's legumes in there you know even children love it um you can make it into brownies or an actual cake so i think there's really creative ways um we can use peas in um guacamole and add add them to avocado to get more legumes and hummus i mean that's amazing that's like tracking way ahead of uh, like a whole range of dips there you can flavor it up with beetroot or with carrot or pumpkin um, sweet potato and you know that's a great thing to add into kids lunch boxes too and even on sandwiches so yeah and what is it about legumes um, that you what is it about legumes say compared to whole grains that have the edge on the health benefits I know they've all got health benefits yeah yeah so I mean there's there's a great they're a great source of energy mm. I think that's we, we shouldn't forget that they are quite energy dense huge amount of folate in there and yes. yeah a full range of of um, vitamins in there but it's also the way they're broken down in our system and they release their energy really slowly so we'll be looking more closely at the research around glycemic control and blood sugars with legumes because there are, is a lot of evidence there around really good glycemic control from including legumes in your diet and I mean I'm talking about chucking half a dozen tins in your shopping trolley Mm. each week or or some of the dried product lentils cook up really quickly so always having those in your pantry you can throw them in with meat dishes in with 
um, you know, slow cooked meats or in with bolognese. Children don't tend to notice lentils in there. They're quite amazing. And so um, the type of carbohydrate we're talking about there is a really nice mix. You're getting that from, say, um, beans that have a skin, like a kidney bean or a cannellini bean. You've got that really insoluble fibre on the outside, the soluble fibre on the inside, and resistant starch. So they're the complete package. And so in your inside your gut, they're food for all those microbes. Um, and, and, you know, the microbes have a party. It's, yes. it's great. Amazing. And what would you say for people that say, oh, yeah, yeah, but I just can't eat them? You know, like I people think, say, yeah. I get bloating. So we know that most Australians don't get enough fibre in their yeah. diet. So when you are embarking on this, you need to do it slowly. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's all or nothing as a human nature. We're like, oh, I'm going to increase my whole grains or my, whole, or my legumes, talking about legumes now, and then go for it. And then, of course, you're going to have a change in... Yeah, yeah, in what your bowel is, is doing. And you need to keep up fluids when you increase fibre. And I think a lot of us are guilty of not sensing our thirst for water yes. um, soon enough. And so a lot of us get too thirsty. They're, you know, we're already progressed down that path. They say once you're feeling thirsty, you've actually left it too long to drink and to make up for um, fluids. So we need to be quite ritualistic about getting enough water in each day. And I mean, that goes for skin health yeah. as well to your, to your area. Um, but definitely with people increasing their fiber, it's worth having a sit down with a nutrition professional to, to get some advice around it because it's likely that currently your fiber intake is less than 20 grams a day. Mm. And if you're boosting that, you do need to get everything in balance. And I think sometimes people get scared or they've been told to go on a low FODMAP diet for whatever reasons if they've got gut issues and then think that they have to stay on that forever or you know some people go oh well I've been told once maybe and take it out of context that they can't have chickpeas or something and then think that they can never have it or that you know there's like a it's the amount that people eat as mm. well that can affect how that affects the gut or the symptoms so I guess it's finding your tolerance level that's it and um, I think we have to do that with a lot of um, issues people are sensing, actually work with them to find their tolerance level. But with the FODMAP area, it is still evolving. And I think if people were um, going down that path, most of them would have been directed to look at the app from um, Monash, the FODMAP mm -hmm. app. And you'll see in there that even um, very small amounts of chickpeas could be, yes. or, or one of the, the other legumes could be included. It's not about eating the whole tin. Yeah. Um, it's about small amounts sprinkled over a salad, incorporated in a, um, in a curry or something like that. Um, obviously needing to tailor it to whatever condition and whatever level of tolerance they're experiencing at the time. I think it's yeah. a really good point to make because some I've, I've seen people say, oh my God, it's got FODMAPs or whatever, and yeah. not understanding that it's actually, yeah. and if you lower your tolerance too far, then you actually will have trouble incorporating foods back into your diet. So it's so important, and often I'm asked at conference presentations, what about 
what about FOD, FODMAPs? Yep. And it, it's important that once you've done that six week sort of yep. trial discovery around which foods are bothering you, that we start to include the, the least offending foods back in. Um, and perhaps, you know, perhaps you're not going to tolerate onion and onion powder and garlic and things like that, but there would be some other foods that you can get back into your diet. And that's really important. Again, mm -hmm. back to that social point of being able to eat and eat out, eat with friends, eat just with your family and not have to prepare special dishes. I mm. think it's really important that we get people back on track. Mm. And is there anything um, people can do to minimise sort of bloating? It's really just the amount that they're reintroducing because I think some people go, oh, you know, I don't want to eat beans because they give me gas. But we've got to realise that sometimes that can, it, that's going to be inevitable, that some wind is normal. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Isn't this a, just a <laughs> fabulous area? And I'll always think about Rosemary Stanton and how she worked with the, the Gut Foundation and they used cricket over counters. Oh. to look at how many times a day people popped off. Right. And men obviously let rip and they don't have any fear about doing this, but women do try and hold in gas and it's probably not healthy for no. us. And so, um, you know, being aware that some gas production is actually a sign of a healthy bowel yes. yeah. is, you know, really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good point to make because yeah. some people go, oh, no, I can't eat it because of this. And it's like, well, actually that's... If, if you're not having any gas at all, do you say well, that might... Well, it's a sign that, I mean, that's what the microbes yeah. are actually doing, is actually producing free fatty acids that produce gases that are protective, actually, for the yeah. bowel. And I mean, you know, Australia has a, a problem with bowel cancer, and part of that is not getting enough fibre, probably people with chronic constipation, not drinking enough water, not getting enough fibre. You know, including whole grains and legumes could be part of, you know, a, a story around us lowering our I don't bowel know, cancer rates. I don't, know, you I don't know if you would know either, but I don't know any stats on prebiotic fibre and how much we're getting, but um, I presume, you know, it all, for, for the gut, the health of the gut, but um, I'm pretty sure we're not getting enough there. No, well, I mean, if, if you're not getting your, your veggies mm. and if you're not getting um, sort of this mix of fibre uh, in your diet each day, you're, you're not going to be on track with that. And I mean, that's really the pointy fine end of, of nutrition, talking about pre and, and probiotics and things like that in the diet. That's sort of, um, you know, it's sort of like the, the icing on the cake. Mm. We've got to really take people back to basics and have them start thinking about, are they getting their veggies? Are they getting that range of veggies in, seasonal, nice bright colours, getting those grains in, the legumes, and, and it, the complementary foods? And I think as well, something just to clarify is getting that diversity of, of plant-based foods in. And when we say plant-based foods, a lot of people automatically think vegetables, yeah. but they don't necessarily include whole grains and legumes and nuts and seeds in that and that's fruits. right yeah in that and i think and they also apparently think it means being vegan or vegetarian yes. and you don't need to be no. plant-based it's just how you're planning your diet and like i sort of have spoken about the meal context planning your meal around the plant foods that you've got in the fridge um, or in the pantry um, it's it's the same concept but across your whole diet yes um, and i think it's always good to clarify because 
people can get plant food as in either being vegan um, and then that comes with a whole host of other things we could talk about another time with yeah. what I call fake vegan food. It's not yeah. really real food anymore. Yeah, well, we've written a great paper looking Have you? at those plant-based meat oh, substitutes. Yeah. yeah. And all the emulsifiers and the additives and... Well, there's, I, I think food manufacturing, um, you know, needs to add certain things when they manufacture a food and pop it in a bag ready for you to pop in the oven. Um, but yeah, we need to go back to that label reading and, and work out whether um, they're the best choices yeah. for us. And even yeah. the plant milks, you know, what you're choosing, read the labels because some of them are... Yeah, not know. equivalent to cow milk. No. And they don't have the calcium in there. No. Yeah. Um, and the coconut yogurts and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, still a misconception out there, I think, but it's, it's good if we can, we can clarify that. And can you just remind us that when with legumes, how much should we be having of the legumes a day? It's around um, half a cup, right? Two or three times a week, and so this is where the That's half nothing. a dozen tins, or the you know getting the dried to have in your pantry for those longer, slower cook meals. Yeah, it's nothing, and a family could go through half a dozen tins. It's just you know add it to the shopping list. That's really easy to do. And even baked beans, I know they've got high sugar in them, but it's still a legume. Well, yeah. there's a, a range of products mm. there as well. And I mean, the baked bake beans are the, the product that Australians do know, mm. um, amazingly. So yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's an amount of sugar that's in there. Have a read, compare your products. Maybe that's where you could use Health Star Radiant yes. um, <laughs> to, to check out which is the product that's right for you. Definitely going for the vegetarian varieties within baked beans would be my first piece of advice and no added salt. Because mm. you can always add other flavors at home like herbs, like pepper. Mm. Um, even if you wanted to go to the extreme of adding garlic, Mm. Um, you mm. could doctor them up a little bit at home, but choose the no added salt and then the vegetarian varieties in the first point. Yeah, mm. no, I 100% agree with you. So really, yeah, that's not a lot of legumes at all. Really, I think that's a very achievable. Yeah, well, with goal lunches or with to. dinners, yeah, and salads. Yeah, salads, mixed beans. Those yeah. little cans of mixed beans mm. are a, yeah. a great option. So for people needing a little bit of inspiration, there are people out there I know that love a recipe. Um, I like to experiment. I'm a bit of a, you know, I like to just get creative in the kitchen and take risks, but some people do like to follow recipes. You've got quite a few recipes, don't you, on the Yeah, and we've, we, we often do an ebook, so it's great if people subscribe and actually join our newsletter, because then you get a heads up on when we're putting out an ebook um, and we do have a lot of recipes on our website. Yeah, but there are plenty out there. A lot of the, the leading sort of chefs are now doing a lot more vegetable focused recipes yeah. and things that um, include legumes. So, yeah. you know, you can find them out there. Well, I'm, I'm a big legume fan. I've got loads of um, recipes on, on my website. And I mean, I, I do use a lot of legumes. And as I said, you know, cauliflower steak and putting the the lentils on that and I find them such an easy 
go to um, to get some nutrients and protein and, and fibre in. And staying power out of your meal. I think that's the thing. Australians are hungry people. And these are foods that actually can help you get to the next meal without yeah. feeling like you have to snack in between. And particularly, I think, lunchtime or even breakfast, sometimes I see pictures of people's meals and it's just lettuce and a protein like you were saying earlier really you know a lot of animal based um, protein or they've got eggs and avocado but there's nothing else there and I'm thinking how's that going to sustain you yeah exactly and these are these are like the a little gift really in terms of yeah the foodie world really legumes are the next big thing. I think there's that saying, isn't it? Um, full of beans. Yeah, you know, full people... of beans. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly, when I've eaten beans, I literally, it sounds crazy in a way, but I feel happier. Yeah. And they would, you know, if your gut's happier, your brain's happier. Um, so I think that saying has to come from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I'll have to, it, it, have it, to adopt that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if people want to find out more about what they should be eating, whole grains, legumes, then really go to the, the website? Yeah, if you spend any amount of time on our website, there'll be a little pop-up that suggests you subscribe yep. to the newsletter. It's, um, it's every second month, so it's not too intense. Um, but we do, we do give you snippets from the, the literature. So it is quite a, a, a piece that is for an informed consumer. It's fabulous. I mean, um, the amount of work that actually goes into those newsletters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just um, being then linked in with when we are running a campaign or a little promotion. So like I said, we've got uh, Bring Back the Sandwich very soon. And then the 10th of February, is Global Pulse Day, so we'll be running a, a campaign, a little campaign around the, the Global Pulse Day. And then in the middle of June, look out for uh, our Whole Grain Week celebration, and um, we'll be really promoting that idea of swapping from white to whole meal, whole grain, high fibre type food choices. I think that's fantastic. And I know you're still in private practice as well and very hands-on with um, seeing people about um, nutrition and diet. How would one get in contact with you? Well, I'm based down in the Illawarra area in Wollongong. So maybe um, the audience today is more Sydney-based, um, but I am working out of a practice called Physical Edge in Thrill. And um, yeah, so that's where I'm based on a weekend. Fantastic. And you consult on Saturdays. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm sure there'll be people that will, will want to come chat to you. As I said, you really are um, a wealth of knowledge and um, have the most amazing brain. Oh. <laughs> well, you maybe I'm much. just full of beans. <laughs> <laughs> You're just full of beans. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And as we said, can you just let us know the website address? So it's glnc.org.au. And Instagram as well, that's... Um, yep, so it's Grains and uh, grains Legumes NC. That's it, yeah. 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 Um, and it will come up straight away as yeah. well because you've got interesting And we're on Twitter too. And Twitter, Twitter too. Twitter and Facebook, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you.